Yes, a very good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sports Day WA. You're with Peter Vlahos, and it's all thanks to Kia, progressive technology, blistering performance, and quality design. I'd love you to jump on the temperate bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736, because a lot of it tonight is going to focus on what happened here at Optus Stadium on Saturday night. And I had the privilege of, with Brad Hogg, calling the action for the SEN Network. An event like what happened here on Saturday night, of course, happens in sport. We have close finishes, a late twist, last-minute showstopper. But this, in some way, I reckon Saturday night just appeared a little bit different. Firstly, the weather was really hot. 38 degrees for the most part, the match was played. The stadium looked really hot because everybody was dressed in orange. So there was that fiery sort of feel about it. As well as that, the match was played at breakneck speed. The Heat making 175, which was a significant total, and hoping to continue their finals fairy tale after they came from fifth. The Scorchers, well, they look beaten. Two runouts. Stephen Eskenazi failing cricket 101 by not sliding his bat at the non-striker's end. And then Nick Hobson running out Ashton Turner, the skipper. Who would have thought? Then all of a sudden, and I said in the commentary, here we go, Cooper Conley, the 19-year-old strides out to replace Ashton Turner. He's joined by Nick Hobson, who'd be down on himself for running out the skipper, Ashton Turner. But then... We know what happened, and we'll replay that again in a moment. Saturday night, when I was leaving the stadium, yesterday when I was talking to people, even today, they're still talking about the event here on Saturday night. They are still talking about it. Comments like, what a game. Who's Cooper Connolly? And what about his hairdo? Is he only 19, really? He showed the temperament of someone a lot more mature than that. Were you there? Did you actually go to the game? And this is the conversations that have been had. Now, I don't really watch cricket, but I must admit it was on, and then I was glued to the television set or the radio for the entire period. And what I also noticed is that the crowd just hung around after the game. And the most glaring thing for those people that were here, and again, I spoke to a few, and they're all talking about it in the precinct here. You know what they were saying? I'm so glad I was here. I was so glad I was here because I'm not sure that you'll see an event like that in Big Bash again because the decider or the grand final, what it did, it put the BBL back on the sporting landscape. There was those great shots of the Heat players and the Scorchers players in their hotel room, the Test players in India. And they were cheering and carrying on. And Usman Khawaja, when Cooper Connolly was striding out to the wicket, saying, who's this bloke? So it was all about that. When you look about sport, it's about theatre. And there was plenty of theatre. So well done to the teams on Saturday night. You couldn't have scripted. Honestly, you could not have scripted a better finale. And my wife's a very good judge. And she's one of those that doesn't really watch too much cricket. But she... And my daughter both watched it Saturday night and couldn't believe how it unfolded. What a brilliant night it was. Uh, Congratulations, by the way, to the Wildcats also uh, last night. But to be fair, I think the Perth Scorchers 
Brisbane Heat sporting event was the one that took the cake for me this weekend. All right. It's great to have it back. The top five at five. And give us your thoughts if you're here. Love to hear from you. 0487 736 736. Have you been, if you were here or if you watched it, is there another event that got you talking the way this BBL decider or grand final got people talking around this town, around this country, actually, over the last 24, 48 hours? Love to hear from you. 0487 736 736. Back again. We kick it off this week. The top five at five. It's all thanks to Novus. There's a Novus near you. 13, 22, 24. At number five, Let's hope he's okay. But Richmond, great. Full forward, Michael Roach is in a fight for his life after undergoing open-heart surgery. Remember, Roachy? Oh, he comes back. Oh, only about uh, 25 to 30 metres out on a very slight angle and a chance for the first score of the match to come on the ball. There it goes, Roach coming in. Fires. That's a very good kick indeed, a goal. Yes, we wish the 64-year-old all the best. He suffered a heart attack and had a stent inserted, but he then required a triple bypass surgery. There were some complications post-surgery, and he remains in intensive care. Roachy won two Coleman medals in the old VFL and was also Richmond's leading goal kicker seven times. Coming in at number four is a Socceroo Harry Sutar. We've got a Socceroo in the Premier League. He played his first game for Leicester City. They came from behind to beat Aston Villa 4-2. But unfortunately for Harry, he scored a goal for the other team. He feeds the Dean, yeah, he's found Watkins. certainly won't on his debut but it's deflected off the big Australian international and Villa have got their second goal well it wasn't the way a big Harry wanted to start his Premier League career but he bounced back from the own goal to defend well for the rest of the game and Brendan Rodgers the manager of Leicester City was more than happy with his debut performance there for the Foxes coming in at three of course uh, we're going to talk to Rodney Hogg a bit later on about the Indian Test Series, but Josh Hazelwood's latest injury setback has opened the door for maybe Victorian cult hero Scotty Boland or the wild thing, WA's Lance Morris. Do it! Well done, Josh Hazelwood. He breaks the partnership. Exactly what Australia needed. Yes, and he looks like certainly being out. So good luck to Boland or Morris, uh, who are set to play their first test match outside of Australia. At number two, Kyrie Irving's roller coaster ride in Brooklyn has come to an end, with the Nets trading the Mercurial superstar to the Dallas Mavericks. But this trade was fascinating on many levels. The Dallas-Brooklyn talks 
accelerated quickly today. And uh, the Mavericks wanted to get, I think both sides wanted to get a deal done. I think Dallas, listen, they may have put more uh, in terms of dra draft compensation, a draft pick compensation in the deal uh, than they might have. But they wanted to get this thing done. They didn't want to lose Kyrie Irving elsewhere in the league. And also for Brooklyn, they were ready to be done with this Kyrie Irving situation. They got back what they hoped they would, which was a point guard, a wing player uh, that they can plug into their lineup right now. They had Spencer Dinwiddie before. They're familiar with him. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, a very good wing player in this league. And now for Brooklyn, they want to get back to work. They've got the three draft picks they got in this trade. They have a future Philadelphia first-round pick, and they'll be aggressive with those picks to go out between now and Thursday's trade deadline. Well, there you go. And that's the voice of Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, the best NBA Juno out there. Got the pronunciation right, Jimmy? Yeah, very good. Not bad with the ethnic names occasionally because i got one myself. Uh, that's coming in at number two, uh, Kyrie Irving. Big name, big move, Dallas Mavericks. And, of course, number one when it comes to the top five at five, thanks to Novus. There's a Novus near you, 13, 22, 24. Don't let your old windscreen end up as landfill called Novus Glass, 13, 22, 34. Ends up number one on this Monday is this. Final ball, bowls to Bartlett, and Bartlett hits it for six. That is a big hit. Thank you very much. He's hit the ball over long on for six, about five rows back. So, Ty finishes with a very expensive one for 42. I thought bowled certainly below his normal standards. And the heat have set the Scorchers a fair target. Seven for 175 of 20 overs. Lazy running. Lazy running. Lazy running. Lazy. Lazy. Uh, that is very costly for the Scorchers. Very, very costly. It's an easy wicket. The run was there. Across comes Johnson. They've got one. That's where they'll stay. Now Hobson wants to go again. There's a run out. There's a run out. This complete, could be dangerous. This complete, could be dangerous. Complete miscommunication. This could be the turning point in the game here. Comes in. Bowls. Conley hits it hard and high in the air. That's a mighty blow. That's six. Oh, where'd that come from? Cooper Conley. I'll tell you where it came from, Pete. The middle of his bat. Third man in the ring and fine leg in the ring. Nine off five balls. Nessa to Hobson. So the left-hander waits. Full toss. He's hit it hard. He's hit it high. And he's hit it for six. And that could be the game. Three off four deliveries. Nessa bowls to Hobson. Full toss again. And that's the game. The Scorchers have won their fifth BBL title. Hobson and Conley throw their bats away. And they're greeted by their teammates who have just done a beeline for the two young bucks who have saved the first Scorchers. Who would have thought from where they were at three for 54 and the run out of Ashton Turner in controversy circumstance with Nick Hobson who would have been down on himself that Nick Hobson in the end became the hero with Cooper Conley to steer the Perth Scorchers to their fifth BBL title in what was a classic decider. Yes, uh, it was. Uh, it was a great night. It was a fun night. We enjoyed it, uh, broadcasting it on Saturday night here at Optus Stadium. Well done to the Perth Scorchers. We're going to uh, touch 
with base with Wes Robinson. Now he's a development whacker coach. He's also had a lot to do with Cooper Conley at the Scarborough Cricket Club. We're going to talk to Wes about, you know, the progress of this young man. Now a lot of people were surprised by Cooper's performance on Saturday night. I'm not sure Wes Robinson uh, was that surprised because he's seen him mature even though he's only 19, through youth teams, of course, through Scarborough, uh, playing pennant cricket and first-grade cricket. But anyway, we're going to chat to Wes Robinson a little bit later on. And then we're going to speak to Rodney Hogg, the former Australian Test Fast Bowler. He was here, and he's going to have a chat to us also about the event on Saturday night. But also we're going to talk about the upcoming uh, Test Series, Australia versus India. So as you can see, plenty coming up. Stay with us. Uh, this is Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Kia, progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. It's coming up 13 past five. Yeah, it's great to have you company here on uh, Sports Day. Uh, on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Hello, Peter. What an electrifying game, almost as electric as the new Photon truck. <laughs> yes. It's the first time I'd watched the cricket match from beginning to end and the first time I cheered for a cricket team as well. Go the Scorchers. Good old Paul from Churchlands. Paul, by the way, works at Lombardi's uh, down there in Forestfield. If you're in the market for a trailer or an electric truck, I actually went a ro- for a drive in the electric truck. I know, Paul, uh, it is something special, let me tell you. Good on you, Paul. Thanks for listening. Paul McGovern is the man down there at Lombardi's in Forestfield. If you're wondering where he's ended up, that's where he is now. All right, it was a big match. It was a big night. And Wes Robinson, uh, you may recall the name, Played, of course, shield cricket for Western Australia. He was probably a relative latecomer to first-class cricket. I think he made his state debut about, what, 12, 13 years ago at the age of 27, still involved. He won the Ollie Cooley medal as the tournament's best player uh, during his time, playing club cricket for Claremont Netherlands. And hasn't that club been talked about in recent times? But he's had a lot to do with Cooper Conley. And let's welcome Wes to the program. Hello, Wes. Good afternoon, Peter. How are you, mate? I thought I'd take you back to those days. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, <laughs> fond memories all round. Tell us about your role, development uh, role at the West Australian Cricket Association. Tell us, if firstly, before we speak about the individual, what that entails. Yeah, role's multifaceted. So, essentially, it means that I'm an assistant coach to the Death Scorchers and WMN's programs assisting Adam, Bo and uh, Tim in uh, our endeavour to make our players uh, better and um, prepare them for individual matches, whether it be white ball or red ball cricket. I also lead our academy program um, and second team as well. So um, I've got a, a fair bit of variety throughout the season, so it keeps me busy and, um, yeah, it's a great job. All right. Tell us about Saturday night. Uh, you're a cricket man. You're a cricket tragic. You love the sport. What were your overlying emotions on Saturday night after the Scorchers got there? What were your thoughts on the whole package, if you can term it that way? Uh, it was a roller coaster. I'm not going to lie. The, the day, um, the lead up to 
to the match, you know, a 4.30 start. You know, there's a lot of sitting around waiting. Um, so, uh, yeah, the game uh, kicked off. Um, it was just nice to get started, to be honest. Get out of the heat because it was absolutely scorching in the middle middle there. I, I was essentially just wet from sweat. So um, it was nice to get get into the um, dugout where the where we had the fans and the uh, mist, mist on. So that was a little bit cooler. Uh, yeah, prob- probably, you know, the first first 20 overs, you know, Dorf sets a tone, bowls, bowls beautifully, unfortunately, three edges don't go away, and, um, yeah, Brisbane got a, got that competitive total there, and then um, it's funny that um, I have a role at, at Tufa, um, two wickets down, I will go down into the dugout and throw balls to Cooper to help him prepare, so... I went down and then I missed a couple of wickets there, so um, and was sort of le- it was leading into the ten over mark, so I missed I missed a period there uh, where Josh Inglis and um, AT were sort of establishing their partnership there, so um, I kind of missed that and then went back up into my position and um, then yeah it was it was tense, it was nervy, it was uh, it was all those kind of things you like you you feel like we get a good over and then. We'd have a, a, a okay over and things like that, and we're just like, oh, when we're going to take the power surge, um, and then you start looking at the bowling matchups and who's left and things like that. So, uh, and then towards the back end, it had like every, all the fifty-five thousand people in the stadium. There, it was, uh, it, it just, it just built and it grew, and then um, obviously a disappointment around AT being run out, and we thought, oh, geez, we're leaving it late here, and, and made it a bit difficult for ourselves. But then. Coach comes in and and has that over against James Baisley and uh, yeah wow just t- turned it back on you know and then we start to gather momentum and then uh, yeah really fortunate to come away on the winning side and um, just rapt to see some of the unheralded members of the squad had their opportunity to stand up and and deliver on the on the biggest stage so it was awesome. Let's talk about the 19 year old. You mentioned you threw him a few balls and then all of a sudden. Ashton Turner was run out. Coops, you're in there. Uh, so he, he strolls out. Firstly, because you've known him quite a bit, and we'll go back to when you first were introduced to the teenager. Did you have any doubts or were you surprised in what he delivered in that pressure cooker situation? Uh, I, I can, it's hard. Um, you, don't, you don't think that when he's growing up and he's 15, 16, 17 years old, coming through that, he's going to be facing, getting his, essentially his second hit in a big bash final, earning 40 off 20. So <laughs> uh, does he have the skill uh, and the temperament to be able to do it and and the confidence in his own ability to get it done? Uh, yes, I, I think he does. Um, it was great to uh, watch him go out there and show everyone else that the things that we know internally at WA cricket, um, pure ball striker, uh, good confidence, uh, a great cricketer. Um, so yeah, it was, it was mm. awesome. But this is not, this is not playing. Yeah. This is not playing, uh, great cricket, first grade cricket for Scarborough. This is not playing second 11 for Western Australia or even for Australia played at under 19s. This was a different scenario here. Now, Wes Robinson, you know him quite well. When Ashton Turner was run out, do you think the game was done and dusted? 
Or did you no, honestly have but... belief that, that Conley and Hobson could deliver what they delivered? Be honest. Did you feel... Because I, as a broadcaster, we broadcast the game, both Brad Hogg and I thought, it's going to be tough from here. It's going to be tough from here. But then after we saw Conley hit the first ball so sweetly, we thought, there could be a, another late twist here. How did you read it? Yeah, exactly, exactly what you thought. It's going to be tough. Um, two new batsmen at the crease. Um, but we always held hope that one big over sooner rather than later would, would turn the match um, and make it a bit more into it. You know, anything under 20 in the last couple of overs and we're, and we're all, with wickets in the shed, we're almost, you know, in, in the box seat there. So, uh, but to come down to 10 runs off the last last over and in Coops, Coops um, clunking that one to mid on and then uh, Nick Hobson just f- finishing it with a big six and then a four. So uh, it was brilliant, but... Mm. Uh, yeah, those things run through your mind. Um, I'm, I'm human. Yeah, exactly. Tell us about Cooper Connolly and his progression. Tell, firstly, what sort of kid is he? Because he is a kid. He's only 19 years of age. Tell us about the makeup of Cooper Connolly. Uh, he's, very, he's very laid back. Um, he, he um, very, yeah, casual in, in some aspects, but also very switched on and committed. Um, you know, when, when the time time is right, so uh, he's growing, he's maturing, he's developing um, from a from a young man point of view, um, uh, really nicely. So, and as a cricketer, um, he's grown from strength to strength. I think the last couple of years he's been thrown a fair few obstacles um, in terms of a broken hand in preparation for a Aussie 19s World Cup. He had a bit, a bit of illness right on the end of pre-season, start of our season. So missed a few games as well. So um, to be able to get him a consistent run uh, through Premier Cricket with Scarborough into second eleven cricket and then um, be able to, you know, Adam and Bo and, and uh, Dave Fitzgerald and Tim McDonald and the leadership group there identifying that we needed to give him a couple of, a couple of uh, exposures in games before finals because we didn't want him to walk out in that position not having faced a, faced a ball, albeit I think it was 11 balls he faced prior to his 11 balls on the weekend. So, uh, But uh, he's, gr- he's growing um, day by day. Yeah, he'll grow from this experience. Um, so, yeah, just can't wait to see what the future holds for the well, he's a, he's a top-order batsman. He's a left-hand bat, as we saw. He's also a slow left-arm orthodox bowler. Is he a genuine all-rounder or is he more a batting all-rounder? No, at the moment he's a batting all-rounder. I think his left arm off spins developing nicely. Bowled a nice over the other night. Uh, I think the more exposure he gets to be able to bowl left arm off spin in different formats, uh, I'm confident to see that will grow. Um, but at the moment he sits um, in the batting all-rounder position. Saying that, what does the future hold in your opinion? Uh, you've seen many come through the ranks at the WACA in your role as development uh, coach. How talented is this youngster, and where can he go? Uh, he's, he's extremely talented. Uh, he, 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 could, he could go all the way in terms of uh, rep- representation and things like that. I think it's very early um, in his development and exposure. You know, when it's understand he's played for 
big bash matches yet to represent WA um, at senior level in terms of one day cup cricket and shield cricket. So we probably need to up the brakes on that there in terms of, um, you know, looking too far ahead. And um, I think what he's done from a Premier Cricket uh, performance level this year into skippering our second team as well and, and putting some pretty solid performances. But, you know, the way he's gone about his cricket at second eleven level has been um, really pleasing to see. And I'm sure he would have gained a lot of confidence out of that. So, yeah, the sky's the limit. The talent's there. Um, I think, firstly and foremost, to recognise the great leadership and examples he's got around him to learn and grow off. You know, the Ashton Turners, your Cameron Bancroft, Sam Whiteman's, um, Sean Marsh's, Mitch Marsh, those guys um, around the WA setup, Hilton Cartwright. I could, I could name them all, really. Um, great role models um, to learn off, um, both from a cricketing perspective but also a life perspective, which will help him off the field, which therefore hopefully will then grow on field. Mm. So, um, mm. yeah, but he, he's a star um, and he's got all the attributes. Um, and I, I can't wait to see. Uh, I'll be watching and following his cricket journey um, right through. Good stuff, uh, Wes. Thanks for that. Usman Kawaja didn't know who he was. Of course, they were watching it uh, in India, the <laughs> WA boys and the, the Heat boys, that is the Scorchers and the Heat boys, and Usman goes, who's this bloke? Well, he knows about him now, and a lot of other people know about him now after that performance on Saturday night. Wes, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. No worries. Thank you, Peter. Okay, Wes yeah. Robinson there, who's had a lot to do with Cooper Conley, uh, both at club level and uh, since he's come uh, into the auspices of the West Australian Cricket Association. 29 past five on this Monday. We're going to talk a bit more cricket. He's always good value, this bloke. Rodney Hogg will join us. He was here. He lives now in Perth, but he was here at Optus Stadium on Saturday night. And we'll also talk about his thoughts on the Australian Test team as they get ready for that four-test tour. The test gets underway, the first one, on Thursday. It's 5.30. It is a Monday. We're wrapping up the big sporting events of the weekend, and the biggest one was here on Saturday night. Uh, Great to have a chat to Wes Robinson about the development of Cooper Conley, who was just outstanding. Now, a gentleman who played test cricket for Australia, played 38 tests. He played 71 one-day internationals. Uh, In fact, he took 41 wickets in his first six tests during the 1978-79 Ashes series. And, of course, we've got an Ashes series happening later this year as well on the back end of the four-test series against India is Rodney Malcolm Hogg, and he joins us here on Sports Day on this Monday. Rod, thanks for your time. Peter, how are you, mate? Good. Lovely to catch up again. Uh, you were here Saturday night. What would you think? I want to ask a question to the public out there. Who left the game? I saw people leaving, just not that many, but a few leaving when Turner got out. Are you, you're joking. I think so. Hey, there'll be someone driving around out there who'll know who they are. <laughs> are you serious? So Ashton Turner was run out. They thought, well, there's 54,000 here. Let's get on the trains early or let's try and get out of the car park early and go yeah. home. 
Well, I said to my mate next to me, I said, this is a big move picking this kid, Conley, a left-arm spinner. I said, they've left out the Greek spinner. I thought, gee, it's a big <laughs> move because the Greek boy was is fantastic. And uh, not a little do we know he was going to help win the game along with Hod- Hobson. Unbelievable, wasn't it? And to be fair, Rod Hogg, you're a student of the game. Like many, uh, like Usman Kawaja back in India when they were watching in the room there, that is the heat and the Scorchers players, when he sort of walked out, Usman Kawaja is heard in saying, who is this bloke? There wouldn't be many... Uh, there's the ones that followed cricket pretty closely here in the uh, WACA would have known who Cooper Connolly was. Did you know much about him? Oh, no. Well, as I said, I, I just thought he was a left-arm spinner. Apparently someone, he fielded during the test match, apparently. Yes, he did. Well, who picked him out there? He, he played no first-class cricket. But that so ha- what, that's happened, hasn't it? Picking on his looks or something. <laughs> but that's happened before, hasn't it? It's happened at the MCG where they pluck a great cricketer just to be a substitute fieldsman because the 12th man well, has been sent off to maybe play for Victoria or something like that. You've got a cast of about 50 blokes to pick from these days. So over the years, that's probably true. But now with so many good players running around and they've picked a kid who's never played a game to field, you wouldn't know if he was a good fielder or not. Yeah. Saying anyway, that, well what, did you th- what did you think of the experience overall? Oh, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. 53,000 people screaming, Western Australians, barracking for the Scorchers. It doesn't get any better than that. I'd, I'd watch the Scorchers. I didn't go to a game this year. I watched them on TV, obviously, over the years. When they used to get behind Brad Hogg, and I thought, yeah, it's a, it's a furnace over there. Well, it is a furnace. Uh, amazing effort by uh, the Heat, though. They were uh, they were the worst team in the comp the first four or five games, and then to win about seven or eight out of out of nine um, and to get through to the final. And they remember, they played Thursday night, mm. flew, to, flew over here on the Friday, and then come out on a temperature of nearly 40. So they put up a fantastic performance, but uh, the all-round effort. And, and, the, and the captain, Cool Turner, how good is he? Yeah. I mean, he's just Mr. Cool. I mean, if they had a needed, I, I mean, when Kelly got those couple of wickets at, the, at one point there at 459 of 18.2, you would have thought they'd probably get another 30. Um, and, and Turner would have probably got him. He just bats according to how many runs they need. It's interesting. They picked the BBL team of the tournament last week before the final was played, or the deciders, they call it these days. And they had Aaron Finch as the captain of uh, the BBL team of uh, this tournament. You'd think that Ashton Turner, for mine, has been, in my opinion, probably a real leader. When he's been called upon, he's delivered. I'm surprised that Aaron Finch got the captaincy. Well, we saw the game start at four four thirty in the in the absolute heat, run by uh, the Eastern Staters, wasn't it? So they were never going to pick a Western Australian captain. Turner's uh, is absolutely brilliant, and the next time Australia play a T Twenty game, he's got to be in because, as you say, he's lit from the front. He's just been in that uh, in that situation where he comes in. He just he's turned so many games, just wins them. Mm. And this is why this is why Conley and, and Hobson is it Hobson or Hobson? Yeah, this Hobson. is why they haven't had any batting. Because they haven't got down on them. Usually about four or five down the, the scorches. You're an outstanding fast bowler in your time, uh, Rodney Hogg. Uh, let's have a look at this Indian Test Series. I think it's going to be quite interesting. We know that Josh Hazelwood looks like he's out. Neither uh, Boland or the wild thing, Lance Morris, will get the Guernsey. What are your thoughts on the, the Australian team heading into this uh, subcontinent Test Series? Um, well, bad preparation, shocking preparation. You can't go to uh, 
to India and not play a first-class game. Temperatures, I don't think, are at the worst. They're only around the 30s. But it's a test match. You need, a, you need, and it doesn't matter how much centre wicket practice you do or how many, how many overs you bowl on the nets. It's game situation. And uh, I, I remember when we went to India in '79. I mean, it takes it takes four or five days to acclimatise. I know the modern-day sportsmen might be slightly different, but you still got to acclimatise. Um, they haven't played for a while, so it's a big call to play a test match, but we'll only play two quicks, surely. Is Green available? Uh, well, he is available. The big question is that he won't be able to bowl, even though I interviewed him a couple of weeks before he went to India, and he reckons he'd be okay. So I, I reckon they've been quite cautious with him, so it looks like he'll bat, but he won't bowl. Well, you need a fifth. Well, um, he's probably the next best batsman, really, but you need your fifth bowler in a, in a test series in India. Um, you need your fifth. You'll only play. You'll have two spinners, and I, Maxwell would have been the ideal man if Green can't bowl, and I'd be playing Maxwell at six. But he's obviously not there. No one else. Uh, none of the other uh, batsmen can bowl spin. So you, you want certainly two spinners. So you'll have Green at six. Or if he can't bowl, well, that's ridiculous. And then you've got the keeper, and you'll play two spinners and two quicks. You won't take four spinners over there, and they won't give us a fast bowl's pitch. They'll be they'll be giving us a real turner. So uh, you've took, taken four spinners. You've got to play two. So two quicks and two spinners. Who, they, who they'll be, obviously, line, and who the other one will be, will only will, time will tell. Mm. When you look at the Australian batting lineup, but what's your verdict on Dave Warner at the moment? Uh, Dave Warner's uh, got the right to... Um, I thought he might have announced his retirement at the end of that series, but obviously he turned out with that 200, so that just swung things around. But he he was going he's going down in his averages, and and the greats get to a certain stage, and then they fall off the perch a little bit. Their, their averages start to drop. His was dropping. Um, let's wait and see. But he opens the batting in this series, and that's the that's the best. If it's a turning wicket, that's the best place to come in opening the batting. My uh, my look for for this uh, series is is how good is. Tra- Travis Head. I mean, people don't score a runner ball in Test cricket, and he's been doing that. He did a fair bit of that in the Ashes last year, and this summer, well, he was up against some pretty good bowling. So, and he's still scoring at nearly a runner ball. So, how good is Head? So he comes in. We know how good Smith's even getting better. We we've got a pretty good batting lineup. But uh, we've seen good sides go there before on, on real turning wickets. We saw uh, De Villiers from South Africa average about nine over there when they when they came up with those real turning wickets. The well, just it's place it's it's just dead set cheating. I mean, they they cheat in England uh, with some of their pitches, and they uh, I won't I shouldn't use the word cheat, but they <laughs> they use it a court. Two teams have got to play on it, and there's a toss to be to be spun. So uh, it's not cheating, but they, they, we, they, their wickets will certainly favour their spinners. Okay, let's have a look at the Ashes series. Of course, uh, you had an exceptional Ashes series there in the late seventies. You're looking at the way England now attacking Test cricket under Ben Stokes, and of course Brendan McCullum's the coach. They play like an ODI at the moment. Like uh, in the, I was watching a Test match against Pakistan, and they were bowled out for 280 before T on the first day. So they've completely turned test cricket on its head. Is it the way to go? Is it uh, now a way of maybe giving test cricket a lifeline by being so attacking under Stokes and McCullum? Is that the new norm? 
Well, I remember John Buchanan used to say to the used to test the players and say, "Look, we'll we want to score over 400 runs in a day's play." And you only play as well as the opposition lets you. And uh, um, if they want to come out here, if they want to come, we're well, not coming out here. We're going there. But if they want to come out into a game of cricket and be over attacking, they could, you could find yourself three for 20, you know, early in a test match. So you only play uh, attacking cricket when you're allowed to. And I don't think we're allowed to allow them to play that game. But having said that, Root and McCullum are the best captain-coach combination I've ever seen. They're amazing. And the, the way uh, McCullum swung English cricket around, and it is attitude. I mean, if you want to go out there and worry about your batting average, then you'll see just 250 runs in a scored in a day and, and one of your batsmen will be, you know, 60 off 180 balls or something like that. So um, if they're playing for average, if they're not worried about their spot, and McCullum must give them confidence in their position. He must say, well, you're in the team. I don't care if you make a duck today, you're in the team. So if you've got that sort of attitude, um, then you can play different sort of cricket than uh, than we do quite often see in test match, on the test match arena. So as we let you go, Rodney Hogg, uh, what are you doing these days? I know you're on the speaking circuit throughout Australia. How's that going? No, I think he's gone. I think he's gone. Okay. We might clear a break uh, and come back with more in a moment. This is uh, Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos on this Monday. Uh, It's coming up 15 to 6. Of course, all thanks to Kia. Progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. And just by the way, Rodney Hogg. Here's an interesting story about Rod Hogg. In 1990, when the late Shane Ward made his first class debut... Hoggy boldly predicted in his column, he's writing for the Truth newspaper there in Melbourne, that Warren would play 100 tests and take 500 wickets. And Hoggy said, and I was going to throw that to him right at the end, that he was sacked from his column soon after because of uh, that ridiculous statement regarding Shane Warren. And in the end, as we know, Shane Warren took a 708 wickets in a 145 test matches. So Hoggy knew exactly what he was writing about. 14 to 6 here at SENWA. Uh, we've got on the temper bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. Good on your lease. Hi, Pete. Great call on Saturday night. And what an epic finish with uh, youngster Cooper Conley and uh, Hobson at the crease. They put their nerves behind them and away they went. I think the Heat thought they had it in the bag. I thought many had when Turner got out and they would have been thinking that Conley and Hobson uh, hadn't many games, so they'd be easy to get out. Uh, but, of course, as we know, the boys had different ideas. It was a sensational finish and magic to watch. It certainly was, Lee. Thanks for that. Let's have a look for our friends at Tire Power. Buy three, get one free on selected Falcon tyres during Tire Power's Best Buys on Big Brands Sale, uh, this is interesting, actually, is that there is a girls' school, a Sydney girls' school, has moved to phase out Aussie Rules footy over concerns that students could face brain injuries. The Queenswood Girls' School, located in the city's northern beaches, confirmed the school would not allow students to play the contact sport. Their principal is Elizabeth Stone, wouldn't mind if we chat to Elizabeth. We might try and track her down, actually. Said there were decisive factors behind the move, including growing evidence that adolescents are at a greater risk of injury and that females experience concussions more frequently than males. 
Very interesting. Also interesting that tennis legend Roger Federer is reportedly set for a sensational comeback to Wimbledon. He's coming back. With reports from England suggesting that the eight-time winner is in advanced talks with the BBC to work as a commentator on this year's tournament. But because his fee is so high, he's likely to split duties between BBC and ESPN. Such is the cost the 41-year-old demands. Well, certainly his manager demands or whoever the manager may be. As we know, we've got the big one, the first test between India and Australia coming up uh, on Thursday from the subcontinent. You'll hear the coverage live here on SENWA and the SEN Networks. Australian captain Pat Cummings said this on preparations for the first test. I think in the last particular month, everyone's kind of preparations look quite different. Um, some have played B- BBL, some are coming back from injuries, some have had some rest. So really individualised to approach these four days. Um, but it's been fantastic, just, just the amount of work we've been able to put in. Um, just, you know, lining up plenty of spin bowlers to go and, you know, us tailenders even to go in there and bat for a couple of hours on the spinning wickets. Um, you just wouldn't get that preparation, say, back home or, or even maybe in a practice game. So, um, yeah, we feel like we're in a really good place. Test cricket can be really, really hard. Um, you've got to accept that it's going to be a grind at times and you've got to be up for it and embrace that challenge. Um, and I think... You know, coming here to India, a lot of the talks around big spinning match, uh, big spinning wickets, maybe fast test matches, but it's not all, always the case. You know, you need to get into the grind at times, and um, yeah, that role as a fast bowler might be just bowling plenty of overs for not a heap of reward, but doing your job for the team. So um, I really enjoyed that aspect of that last tour. Um, you know, big Border Gavaskar test series. There's always plenty of people watching, so. Um, lots to play for. Yeah, no, to be fantastic. And as I let you go, the full extent of Tim Watson's falling out with former Essendon teammate James Hurd has been revealed. It appears that the bitterness between the pair of Essendon club legends is one of many broken relationships yet to be mended 10 years on after the club was brought to its knees by the infamous Asada drug scandal. And the football club really remains fractured as was made brutally clear when the club legend and director Kevin Sheedy took a public swipe at his fellow board members when Heard was overlooked for the job of senior coach last year. By the way, Heard and Watson have not been on speaking terms since Watson's son, Job, was sensationally stripped of his Brownlow medal as a result of the Court of Arbitration for Sports Verdict into the drugs saga. Ten years almost now since that happened. Anyway, let's move on. We'll be back tomorrow from 5, Sports Day WA. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Jimmy. Have a great night. We're here for Kia, progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design.